Welcome to the VA HSRND Investigator Insights podcast series. In this episode, Query Dissemination Coordinator Diane Hanks speaks with Center for Healthcare Organization and Implementation Research Investigators Bo Kim and Keith McGinnis about their work on the Post-Incarceration Veteran Engagement Project. 12,000 to 16,000 veterans leave incarceration annually, and of them, many of them um, have mental health disorders and substance use disorders, and we Mm -hmm. also know from research that um, individuals with such disorders um, are at heightened risk for recidivism, Mm -hmm. homelessness, um, drug use, together with partners at the health care for reentry veterans program Mm -hmm. within the VA, we thought that it would be important to look into whether there are ways in which we can better coordinate the care and services for veterans uh, facing reentry, leaving incarceration. So that was kind of the impetus behind looking Mm -hmm. at this project. What is the level of treatment that they receive when they're in jail or prison? You know, that's a great question. Um, We tend to think that it is minimal. Um, uh, There are medications, um, uh, there are clinicians, but uh, some, uh, actually many facilities, Mm -hmm. uh, don't provide the kinds of medications that people need for, uh, especially for opioid uh, they don't. They don't provide methadone. I know. R- right. Like exactly. I mean, yeah. some that's changing somewhat, but yeah. uh, for many people, it's hard to uh, to get the kinds of medications that they would need, and then they yeah. unfortunately they can start them when they get out. But uh, and I would imagine it depends on what facility they're in. If they're not in a uh, prison hospital, if they're in a jail versus a prison, I imagine that most prisons have their own protocols and and levels of care that they're giving. And I think there's some state-by-state variation as well. Like We've mostly been on the East Coast, and I think Mm -hmm. Massachusetts is moving in that direction in the Department of Correction, Uh, Connecticut as well. But I'm sure Mm -hmm. there are many states that really haven't uh, started much treatment yet uh, for Mm -hmm. things like opioid uh, use disorder. Mm -hmm. So we know there's a need, but I imagine that they're getting out with a... Uh, a probably a, a stronger need for mental health and substance use um, treatment than they went than they had before they went in, because I don't imagine that prison is conducive to any kind of healing process or recovery process, especially if they're not getting um, the level of treatment that they that they would need. Tell us about your study and how it addresses those issues. Well, um, listening to your question actually uh, sparks. Um, kind of a discussion of why one of the findings that we had from our Mm. study was really interesting. One of the findings had to do with veterans having an anxiety and fear of actually being released from prison. And part of that was the sense that there was, when they were in, um, in, in prison, this sense of community or a sense of support from other yeah. inmates. And yeah. that had been a support system that had mm-hmm. helped them, let's say, stay away from substance use or helping to manage mental health, regardless of, as you said, although there may have been limited mm-hmm. amount of mental health services available. In terms of why we had um, drawn on the collaborative chronic care model, the CCM, mm-hmm. is that one of the elements 
is um, about self-management and support mm -hmm. and kind of the, the anxiety that they might feel, the way in which we might be able to, um, we might be able to help uh, alleviate that mm -hmm. would be to help them engage in planning for their re-entry mm -hmm. earlier than they have been and really thinking through, for example, what mm -hmm. kind of anxiety to expect. Or daily routine-wise, yes, they're going to have much more, I guess, freedom in deciding how their day is going to look like. So can they really think in advance mm -hmm. about how to fill their days, how to structure those days, yeah. so that they themselves can help um, keep themselves away yeah. from things that might not help them maintain their mental health or get yeah. better in terms of recovery? Well, freedom can be frightening. Yes, for sure. to that <laughs> life. So the freedom aspect of, uh, and the open right. schedule, like we might say, but then there's all of the other things that we take for granted, the housing. That's mm -hmm. a big concern that I think creates a lot of anxiety. The VA is mm -hmm. pretty good about finding a landing place for people. Usually the first place is short term, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, uh, domiciliary is a pretty good example, at least from our study which in the New England area. Um, but while they're in that 90-100 day program, mm -hmm. they're getting help, and, and actually the peer was, it has been quite useful in this, getting help in thinking about their next more permanent step, mm -hmm. whether it's something like a high-bash voucher, mm -hmm. or maybe it's returning to a family member, a brother, um, occasionally mm -hmm. a spouse, though not, not that often, um, but it, sometimes a, grown, a child, a grown child. Can you kind of briefly explain what the study's intent was and a little bit about the methodology? This study was part of a larger multi-year pilot initiative, mm -hmm. um, and that initiative we're calling the uh, Post-Incarceration Engagement Project, or PI. And um, as a part of that, um, we conducted um, interviews mm -hmm. with veterans as well as stakeholders from reentry-involved organizations at the community level, for example, at the state level, as well as the VA system as well, mm -hmm. to really be able to get multiple perspectives on challenges and mm -hmm. issues surrounding reentry veterans. So um, that those interviews were conducted as a part of that larger project, and we wanted to specifically look at it and um, conduct a thematic analysis to understand for veterans with, especially with mental health and substance use disorder, needs, okay. um, what might be some of the issues that are um, persistent and also something that we should work on together with our operational partners to address. And who is your operational partner? Healthcare for Reentry Veterans Program mm -hmm. um, within the VA. One of the things we saw, uh, we just talked about how multiple organizations mm -hmm. could be involved in providing reentry support. So really understanding the coordination between them and what um, legal, for example, needs need to be met mm -hmm. while also answering the healthcare needs. We see we saw that there's a challenge right there. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, uh, making sure that um, legal requirements such as um, needing to meet parole requirements came up more than more than just once, you know, right. um, during our uh, interviews with veterans, as well as service providers who noticed those types yeah. of challenges in veterans. I right. already mentioned a little bit about kind of the anxiety mm -hmm. that they're feeling, so it was really interesting to think through, yes, we are, we might be helping them set up healthcare appointments, mm -hmm. but beyond that, there's a lot of self-advocacy that really needs to happen. Yeah. We need to learn to really be able to talk to authorities right. about their situation, so what are some really practical tools that need to be put in. It might right. be about making a list of questions that they can specifically ask when they contact
contact authorities in different systems to be able to get the information that they need to be able to self-advocate, for example. And so the other things that come to mind are, for example, there's an uneven knowledge of resources that are available, uneven knowledge as to what's the latest available. And this is right. true of veterans as well as the people providing the services. So kind of thinking about what might be forums to share that kind of information is something right. that has come up. And then importantly, the last thing I wanted to mention was um, kind of the difficulty of, um, I think, continuity of care. We talked a little mm -hmm. bit about it earlier, mm -hmm. um, but the transfer of health records to post-incarceration, I think that has been a big challenge that we're seeing in our data for yeah. sure. Yeah. So those are some of the key themes that are coming up. Um, we also did um, some comparisons uh, with veterans who had gone through the healthcare for reentry veteran mm -hmm. program but did not have the peer assistance. We didn't have the ability to, to do a big randomized study, so we yeah. we found a group in VA data who had uh, been released from incarceration in the year prior to our work starting, so the uh -huh. historical comparison right. group. And then we looked at uh, some of the measures like uh, whether veterans are getting to a mental health appointment and, mm -hmm. and how many appointments. Are they getting mm -hmm. to primary care and how many appointments? Um, so we were able to see um, some of those differences and in fact it look, did look like um, the peers or at least that peer intervention with a lot of things in it seems to have some uh, positive yeah. uh, impact in terms yeah. of greater access to those services, mental health, right. substance use right. um, uh, and, and other services. But I, again, we have to give the caution that it wasn't yeah. a randomized study. There could be right. some biases of over time that we don't right. know about. I know you've worked in the VA for a long time. What are some of the challenges? But what are what are some of the positive things about working with the VA research and how it is working with veterans, not just incarcerated veterans, but veterans in general, and what challenges and barriers they might face in in working in VA research. VA researchers really kind of centered on, on the mission to want to help veterans. And I yeah. think being a VA researcher, having that central mission, mm -hmm. um, it really, I think, drives a lot of our work. And I haven't really been a part um, in my career yet uh, in any other system, so I don't really have a comparison. But to me, that's uh, a major factor of motivation and encouragement yeah. to continue the work. In terms of the veterans being part of the research, Keith, do you have thoughts on Sure, yeah. This study in particular with the peers, first mm -hmm. the peers were veterans themselves, yeah. we selected them mm -hmm. for that reason, so we had the opportunity to work very closely with veterans, um, mm -hmm. and, and I haven't done that before. Yeah. So that was, that was new, and then I think because of their close relationship with the veterans they're serving, yeah. They they would bring bring them by to say oh. hello. You know, these these are in, in a sense my our research subjects. And, right. But right. Uh, we don't often get to kind of interact in a hallway, almost like a social conversation right. where right. a peer just said, "Hey, I want you to meet Jim or Joe." Or yeah. you know, Jim has just gotten his new driver's license. And yeah. So they kind of the peer has been sharing some of these um, milestones that the veterans right. are achieving. And then um, the peer also shares some of the stories of the, their appreciation for his assistance and the project's assistance, right. uh, whether it's a note they've sent him or a text message. And right. uh, um, 
you know, just seeing those um, kind of sense of gratitude is, right. is really nice. When in fact they're doing a great service to us as researchers and to right. the VA because we're we're learning from them. So it, it seems to work out in a really nice relate, relationship. And, and it must um, make you feel gratified to know that they trust you enough to introduce someone to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. because they wouldn't unless they felt that you were doing a good job on your end and that they could trust you. Yeah. So that's, that's a good sign. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding podcast are concerned with the scope of recently concluded or ongoing VA HSRD funded research and do not necessarily reflect current or to be implemented VA policy. To learn more about this research, visit the VA HSRD website at www.hsrd.research.va.gov.